Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ plus news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. You are not around, slowly drifting. Welcome back, loves. Thank you for tuning in or streaming or downloading Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. This again, which always makes me sad. We'll probably have to, like, kidnap him and hang him. I think we'll have to. I miss him. We can me do too. that now. So how's your week been? How's this this past craziness been for everyone? Or is that just me? Am I the only one with... <laughs> that's crazy yes melanie i'm sorry you're the only one that's been crazy through 2020 and 2021 well no i just said the wow. last week wow. i didn't say for the whole thing <laughs> what's changed um <laughs> no yeah it's every day sort of a different thing but um i got good news this week which yeah. is awesome is that i got a new job and Woo! Got- yay couple weeks i have next week off uh friday is my last day at my current job of 18 years yeah so, sort of bittersweet um but also new beginnings right yeah 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 so, it, can you say what it is or what field it's in or it's like, in the museum field awesome and i'm very very happy you're not going to be an exhibit though who knows? But <laughs> that's one can only hope and dream, Melanie. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> that's some job security. Those giant yeah, ground slots. Yeah. Well, you know, I left the theater and acting and radio for anthropology because you make millions. Oh yeah. I knew totally. it was a really good bet. <laughs> <laughs> it has not. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, everybody, uh, Justin is is now streaming live from his personal castle that he had brought over to America brick by brick uh, from the England. So it was such an ordeal. <laughs> Don't ever do it. Um, had I known what I know now, <laughs> <laughs> you bought that from Sir John McCartney, right? Or Paul McCartney? No, John, Sir McCartney. John, John McCartney. Lennon. John, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and the other ones. <laughs> Ringo John Paul. Ringo John Paul. Is that the new Pope? <laughs> <laughs> we got a bone to pick with him anyway. Yeah, we do. Well, that's, that's great news. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I'm happy. Having a better week than, than last week. I think I was a bit down. But, you know, I'm still sort of, I just, I, I really do want to travel, so... I, I hate whining. I just really miss traveling. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Really I'm this room I've been in for a year. Yeah. <laughs> it needs some padding. I need a padded cell at this yeah. point. That's what I really want. <laughs> the chair wants somebody else to sit in it too. It's kind of it's feeling a little taxed. Had I known last year this time what I know now, I would have definitely padded my walls. Yeah, right. I think we all would have. Mm-hmm. Or been put in a place with padded walls. One of the two. <laughs> Preemptive. <laughs> Sorry. I've had caffeine. 
<laughs> I apologize, and I can't be held responsible for anything that comes out of my mouth. Well, you never are. Well, it's the best show prep, caffeine and a can of soup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting called out. Melanie's go-go juice. <laughs> <laughs> it is today. I haven't slept, so that's why. And I just got home right before the show was uh, due to be taped. So I'm kind of bouncing off the walls. But as soon as we're done, I'm probably going to pass out and drool all over the keyboard. So, <laughs> all right. So we're on a we're on take. a time we're on a on a time limit here. Exactly. Then. When you see the drool start to come out the mouth and the head start to go down, that's when that's when it's the end. Scream at me, and I'll I'll perk up. Hopefully, <laughs> Ireland, you haven't. Yes. Oh, uh, not much going on, to be honest. Yeah, in New York? Just in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the only thing I ever see. Um, yeah, it was yeah. like, it's been annoying because it was like in the 60s, like two days ago. And now it's back down to like yeah. low 30s. And I had like just, you know, that like taste of serotonin vitamin d and then it was taken away from me so soon and it, it was painful but i'm all right it'll no. it'll be back soon it will it will it's amazing how what a different person you are when the sun shines yeah at least if you're me so do you sparkle i sparkle yes I sparkle yes. <laughs> I <laughs> I think it gets cold and gray like this, and I'm just like I, I don't know. Yeah, oatmeal. Yeah. This is oatmeal weather. Yeah, March is oatmeal weather. That wasn't a. It's just hard to take a little bit. Ireland, do you get to get it's, out on the roof at all? I mean, everybody in New York uh, like just hangs out on the roof. Can do you yeah, have that I mean, option? Well, I have a fire escape. It's just been so cold lately. I mean, right. I do like chilling out there when it's nice and do sunny. Get one of those little fire pit things and put it out there. Um, well, on the fire escape, that I would mean, be very counterintuitive. It's in <laughs> <Just> the name. <laughs> no, sometimes even when it's cold, I'll just like bundle up in some blankets and stuff and go sit out on the fire escape just to feel like I'm just you know sitting because I'm like five floors up, so it's oh yeah, kind of a nice view. And do yeah. you get to, what? What is your people view? watch? Do you have I have like a anything? uh yeah well I'm on a dead end street but I have like a really nice view of like you know other buildings in the area but also just like the street below there's like a busy intersection and stuff so I can just sit there and people watch and enjoy it <laughs> listen that's, to music that's the best part of living in a city is people watching yeah truly and music. doing it from the safety of my apartment <laughs> right <laughs> which is also probably creepy but <laughs> <laughs> all you rabble down there you need one of those telescopes. Yes. Because that's not creepy at all. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I was going to ask you something about, oh, uh, it was the, uh, there's a park there, uh, Marsha P. Johnson Park, and they've put it on hold. And I was going I, to ask you if you'd heard anything about that. Yeah, I just had heard, the last I had heard was that they had put it on hold, um, which I'm not actually sure why they did. Um, because it was atrocious. The the design was horrible, cliche. They hadn't consulted the family at all or any LGBT organizations. They just kind of went ahead with it. And they were like, it was just puking rainbows and it was plastic. Oh, um, what? Like literally plastic. It was thermal plastic. Ugh. The design well, good. looked. Then, yeah. 
I'm glad so they I did. Have to go redesign yeah. the whole thing. Well, that's um, some BS. Right? Um, I didn't know that. My God. Oh, I should have told you. You could have gone over when it was warm and, and I don't know, taken some pictures for radio. <laughs> for the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd give an update, but I've forgotten what happened this week. So I got nothing. Uh, I know that I've been doing a lot of things. I just can't remember what they are off the top of my head right now. Isn't that weird? Like, I'm up all the time. And I'm gone. I travel. Oh, yeah. So in Indiana, they changed the the age for um, getting your COVID vaccination down to 45 yesterday. And that means that I was able to get uh, scheduled. Yay. Yay. But I was on the website. Me too. What? I'm scheduled next week. Yay. Me too. Yeah. What day? Okay, I, I'm, I'm on Friday. Oh, okay. I'm on Monday, but I have to go to Brazil. How are you on Monday? That's not fair. Because I'm getting a Brazilian. Because you're getting a Brazilian? Yeah. With your vaccine? I didn't know they were doing that. I mean... That's a two for one. Right? (laughs) Is it tanning, Brazilian, and vaccine? Wouldn't that be great? No. No, it wouldn't be great. That would (laughs) be like my definition of horror right there. Trapped in a bed. Hurting, bleeding through my... <laughs> tortured follicles and then <laughs> no uh, so I was on the website early in the morning they opened it up at 9.45 they announced it and uh, I found out about it like at 10 and I get there and you can choose closest or soonest for um, for looking up where to get the vaccines and so I chose you know closest right see if I can get it in town and they were disappearing as I was clicking on them. They have they have the slots open, so you just click on them. And they were just, I'd click on it and say, it's not available. Like, it was just available when I clicked on it. And it just kept doing that. So finally, I, I went for the, uh, oh, and then when I did get it, uh, one, it said that it needed me to schedule the second one, but it wouldn't load that up. So I couldn't sign up. And I was like, this is not optimal. Uh, so I ended up calling the 211 number and got a hold of a really nice operator. She was like, oh, well, we can schedule you for mid-April. And I thought, well, no, that doesn't work for me either. So we went farther afield and I eventually got a Monday appointment in Brazil, Indiana. So I have to drive a little bit to get to it. Yeah, my dad just got his first dose and he had to go to Martinsville. But yeah, yeah, I'll travel. That's fine. Yeah. Do you have anything in like Martinique or um no, I know they probably don't. That's that's mean of me. I can't say that. I, I feel very privileged to be able to get a vaccination, but mm-hmm. that will open up a lot of possibilities and travel and all that stuff. And I won't have to worry about dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I that's catch a it, big one. Yeah. But yeah, dying dying would suck right now. But we have stories. We've got news. Do you want to take a music break first? Sure. What do you have? Yeah. I got a ton of stuff. I don't know which one I should choose. So I'm going to spin the wheel and just play something. That sounds wonderful. All right. That was supposed to be a, I'll have to get a, a sound effect for that. <laughs> purring? For, no, not purring. For spinning the wheel. See? See? Little, like... Didn't sound anything like a wheel from Wheel of Fortune. Twenty-two. He doesn't drink, but he needs to. 
And that was Grace and Chance with Dancing Next to Me. We're going to have a lot more songs that are just fun and queer. And and I, I'm feeling great about this Pride season. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Same. I'm like really excited. Because I don't know. I mean, even if things aren't totally open, I feel like it'll be a, a lot more people will be vaccinated at that point. And there just might be, I don't know, it'll just be, it'll be summer. People will be, you know itching to you know get out and do stuff and i feel like even if it's it's still not like a a pride month like we used to have them it'll be a really interesting one and really fun it'll be a heck of a lot better than the last one yeah <laughs> that's for sure you know, what is planned i mean are things planned i haven't seen anything yet um i think people kind of put that off uh to see how this vaccination thing would roll out so mm-hmm. i don't know if we're going to have any really you know, in-depth planned prides or if it's just going to be kind of people coming together and doing their thing. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it happening, which is, which is fun. But I mean, in New York, we've got, we're planning the queer liberation March. So that's definitely happening pride Sunday, this 27th. So, um, which will be live streaming. Yeah. So everyone can watch 
watch it while you're doing your own rioting, right? Because the first yep. Pride was a riot. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just need to bring it back to the original. That's possibly not the greatest idea, but <laughs> might be what we need. Oh yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's always oh, but... so. Don't worry, Melanie. <laughs> uh, let's kick off the news. Justin, you had a thing about Amazon that you wanted to talk about. I think it's. I think it's good news. Well, it's definitely interesting. I mean, Amazon has decided that they will not sell books that frame sexual identity as a mental illness. It's very interesting because, yeah, how many years has it been that we've decided that it's not an, a mental illness? illness i think since 1974 so it's been a long time but people are still propagating this misinformation um so um the book is called when harry became sally which is also a really yeah title (laughs) (laughs) excuse me and um so it just paints it all in a very bad light. I guess sort of the thing I wanted to talk about, and um, I'm a little bit of a devil's advocate here in that, is it okay to ban books? Even if this is something that is dangerous information, that's untrue information, that has not been proved information, that is not scientifically um, correct. Um, it's BS. It's it just BS. <laughs> Am I reading too much into it? Because at first I was just really excited. And then I was like, you know, I, Fahrenheit, uh, Fahrenheit 451, is that what it is? That yep. uh, Ray Bradbury book has always stuck with me, you know, where everybody's burning the books they disagree with. And I have issues now that high schools and even colleges aren't teaching certain books that because they make people uncomfortable or whatever. Well, art is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, so I don't know. I'm just I'm just opening that up to discussion. <laughs> I think yeah. I mean I think when it's mm-hmm. when it's these like you know narratives that are literally dangerous and vi- and lead directly to you know violence against the trans community. I think that's reason enough to ban them. You know, I think when it's when it's you know differences in opinion, that's one thing. But that's not a difference of opinion. That's just outright hatred and violence, you know? Right. Like spreading misinformation like that, that, that puts people at risk is not okay. So there was a a book in uh, called Transsexual Empire by Janice Raymond. And it alone, that one book alone set the trans uh, community back decades it was used to deny us uh equal rights it was used to deny us health care and it really was uh you know this horrible uh viral i guess because you know everybody started talking about it and it was written by one of the early turfs mm. And so this information, quote unquote, was disseminated through this book uh, without any kind of critical thought whatsoever. It's just put out. You, you write a book, it gets sold, 
and then people start picking it up and and thinking well this is this is valid so when you talk about banned books that that's also like talking about um censorship right Mm -hmm. censorship is the government censorship is the government cannot censor the citizenry it doesn't mean anything about uh private companies doing the same thing private companies can choose not to support whatever um that that's within their right unless of course it violates uh civil rights laws right so by banning books that spread lies and hurt people i think that that's actually responsible you know i suppose maybe saying banning isn't i mean they've banned it from their platform i guess they've taken it away you can still get the book yeah something else they're just saying we're not going to sell it because it's it violates our guidelines Um, i think that's great i think that that's absolutely fine if there was a book that said beat your children on the regular um because it'll make them better people well there Um, are there are, and that's kind of why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the Victorian era, believe me, there were books like that. <laughs> well, and there was a huge discussion about that, you know, a few years ago with do you, why why don't we spank our children anymore? Why do these kids keep getting away with all this stuff when I got throttled when I was a child? And um, that's the way we liked it. <laughs> Personally, everybody is entitled to their own opinion, but I don't understand why children don't work in factories anymore. It really made America great. <laughs> yeah. I'm being facetious, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I did an exhibit once, um, you know, because remember me, the anthropologist who went to museum studies? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was on child labor. It was very, very, very disturbing. Mm-hmm. You know, to your point, yes, would Amazon want to sell a book that was pro-child labor, where children are getting mangled in industry and machines, industrial machines? Getting Um, stuck in chimneys. So, as I said, when I read this article, I was very happy about it. I'm um, thinking more about it than I I just wanted to bring it up. It's about... Who says what's okay, who doesn't? I think both of you had really excellent arguments. Yeah, I, I think it's probably best if this stupid book isn't out there for stupid people to read. But at the same time, I sort of feel like we should all be adults to be able to read whatever we want. But why anybody would want to write a book like this couches it in the tired, tired, tired narrative of a mental illness. Why? Well, I I mean, think- really, get original. Do something else. That's just bad. <laughs> If anything else. I just think it's beyond time that we need to stop tolerating this kind of nonsense. Yeah. You know, instead of being like, well, yeah, you got the right to your own opinion. No, 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 no. (laughs) Like, if your opinion is abhorrent and dangerous, you can have it. Um, My existence is not a matter of your opinion, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And being devil's advocate sort of is like all of Hitler's book, Mein Kampf is still in print, you can still get it, should that be banned? I mean, it's also a very important historical document to read about the mind of a, a madman. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's understood as such. 
and it's not promoted as something that's equal to the thought of LGBT folk are equal to anybody else. Whereas saying that we are suffering from a mental illness, therefore our identity, our sexuality, our being is not real. It's it's a, a delusion or it's some sort of disorder. That's just patently false and damaging. So yeah, we can read Mein Kampf and you can go, this guy was just absolutely wrong on so many levels. And we understand that now. And I'm sure there are people that are out there that read Mein Kampf and go, hey, that's a great idea. Those people are disturbing as well. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just think it's it's all worth a thought. I'm, well, I'm not arguing that it's sold by Amazon. And if I was Amazon, I wouldn't sell it. You should be Amazon. I should. Well, I'm bald. I, I, uh... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think of Jeff Bezos. That's true. You have to be bald to be successful and to build a castle in Indiana. Yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Was he bald? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's the was magic. He? Oh, he was later. Sorry. I see Steve Jobs as a young man in the 80s. Actually, I have to tell you. It might be in your grave, but. Huh. <laughs> it happened to you too. Secret to your success: shave your head. <laughs> Heard it here first, right? Worked for Lex Luthor. Um, so there's another thing about books that I would like to bring up at yeah. this moment. It, it's everybody as ridiculous as that. So there's a school in Texas, and I'm not going to mention which one because they probably don't need any more calls and and uh, harassment, although. It's arguable that they might need it. There's a book called Call Me Max. It's a kid's book. And it's a book uh, about a transgender kid. Now, there's a fourth grade teacher in Austin who read this uh, to their class. And I'm laughing because it's it's disturbing. Because the, the reaction to this was parents were calling for the teacher to be uh, fired. And not only that, but they provided some of the children who wanted it therapists for this that counseling for having heard this book read to them in class you know it's a kid's book that approaches trans identity in terms that they can understand it's not over their heads it's not i don't understand how it would be dirty or anything but it's not a dangerous book by any stretch of the imagination except that it is positive and supportive of trans kids and how dare they do that? Um, and now this teacher's, their job is on the line. And the school has a lot of angry people calling. And it's really brought to the fore something that I noticed here in Bloomington, even. I went to an MCCSC uh, diversity presentation before Kat went to school. It was the, the, I think it was the summer before. And I just wanted to see what they had to say. And they, they did really good about presenting uh, people of color and how there needs to be more inclusion. There needs to be more exposure to people who are not like the vastly majority white uh, community here in Bloomington. And when it came around to LGBT kids and their inclusion, it was hushed. Two of the teachers who were responsible for putting together books to present to kids 
uh, to bring them into the schools and make sure that they were included so that they couldn't find any books on LGBT youth. And I mean, I could think of half a dozen uh, yeah. in a couple of seconds, right? Right. And there are so many more now than when I was working at Borders, you know, almost 20 years ago. But yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> and then one of the parents at the table that I was sitting at, he was just really gruff. And he said that his kids better not learn anything like that at school. That's something to be discussed in private at home. And I thought, well, if your kids are going to be listening to you present this, they're not going to get a uh, fair <laughs> assessment of who LGBT people are because you and he kept on going about how it was just inappropriate and wrong and disgusting. <laughs> and, um, oh, I there was a camera right behind me doing the live stream, but I think it was cut off at that time. Yeah. I really wanted to counter his narrative. I um, politely did a couple times. But really, it needed to be more vociferous because he was adamant that his children would not learn about LGBT people in school. That's in Bloomington. Yeah, and how long ago? It was, what, two years ago almost? Two years. So, so yeah, a little over wow. a year Wow. Wow. Ugh, that... Uh, I don't even know what to say about, like, that just makes me so angry. Like, no wonder, no wonder I didn't realize until after I left MCCSC that I was queer. Like, I don't know. This not, you know, not that it's all due to that, but like, God, you can't help but wonder that that might have been a factor. Um, well, and well, you know, there are kids that are slipping through the cracks. You know, there are kids who are absolutely depressed because they aren't able to live in their truth and light. Yeah. And they're there. People are acting like they don't exist, like that this is a fluke thing that you might have a child like this. Yeah. It's not true. They do exist. And um, they're getting more and more recognition, which is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. but the chances of you having a kid like that in your class is really large, <laughs> you know? And so then something like this, this teacher being punished, these kids going to counseling because of this. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it just creates more trauma. And this is also one of my issues. Okay. I've been in education for 18 years and I'm really happy to leave because it has changed so much in that the curriculum and the standards has to be, you know, based on everybody has to be doing the same thing. When I was a student in the seventies, I was lucky enough to have teachers who were all individuals and they could choose books to read and maybe parents didn't always like it, but you, you know, te these teachers made my life and they, some of them could tell I was queer and they gave me books to read that were really in celebration of it and friendly, even at that time, nothing like this happened then, you know, um, mm -hmm. But now it's this teacher is also in trouble because she didn't follow the curriculum. She didn't get permission to read this book, although it's on a list of books that promote diversity for right. kids and is age appropriate. That's just really disturbing to me that they treated this as some sort of emergency situation that kids who, who weren't trans or weren't queer or going to have this horrible experience from it, from learning about it and about yeah. fuller people. And trans and queer kids are people, they're human beings, just like kids who are heteronormative. But it's once again, just putting the narrative out there that heteronormativity is 
the right and correct thing and the thing that you're always going to encounter. And anything that's not that way is a trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's that backwards way of thinking that just like sets off that panic in people. Like if my kid is hearing this at school, then they're going to be trans or whatever. It's like, that's, that doesn't correlate. It has no, your kid's going to be trans if they're trans, you know, if they're not trans, it's not going to have an effect on them other than to make them a more empathetic and accepting person. Like it doesn't make, none of it makes sense. Um, It just is only, it only harms the children who would identify with that book, you know, and that, book, hearing that book probably meant everything to them, you know, mm-hmm. and to and then for that to be treated like some emergency, some traumatic event, like some scandal in the school. Yeah. yeah, Blew it completely out of proportion and served their narrative of, you know, this is <laughs> a mental illness. Hey, let's say that this is something to be hidden. This is something that is uh, shameful. You, they talk about cancel culture. There are a lot of people that that say, well, you know, my my religious or moral values are not being taken into account. And, and you know, my voice is being canceled and in, in uh, uh, opposite their voice, opposite those people. And they don't get what that means. They don't understand what it's like to be erased. And they think they do when somebody disagrees with them or somebody opposes them. But to be actually just removed from life, from representation in any sort of way, uh, that is truly canceled. I I just have nothing for people who spread this kind of hyperbolic um, garbage. I am trying so hard not to curse. I know, right? It's so hard <laughs> when we're talking about this stuff. <laughs> it's the biggest challenge of the show, really. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we were but queer we kids. People, we shouldn't have to curse to get our point across. Oh no, I don't believe that. I'm I'm half Serbian. I that's the that's first thing we do. We come out cursing. <laughs> Well, my parents didn't let me use curses at all when in up until I was, you know, even like late teens. So now I just have my vocabulary is curse words naturally. <laughs> um, I thought it was very moving when that parent said that she had a trans son that attended the school and that that book would have been life changing for him. Yeah. Yeah. And that they sent a terrible message to the children by calling the book inappropriate. It is. And the, uh, down to the point of the mcc or not the point that one of the the phrases that they used in the mccsc presentation was mirrors and windows right so mirrors for the kids who are diverse in whatever way uh or not straight and white i guess showing them in the community that's you know they see themselves in that and then windows showing other kids that these people are here and that's fine. And that is, that's what's being robbed from both groups. Well, thank you for bringing this situation to our attention. Well, and in, and that leads into another story uh, again from same period. And this one is from Missouri, this father. So he, he was addressing the Missouri house uh, specifically talking about one of those new legislative pieces that's going through so many states, uh, denying trans kids participation in sports and other areas of, of school life. And uh, that's House Joint Resolution 53 in Missouri. 
and I'd like to play some of the audio for you if you don't mind. My name is Brandon Bulware, and Chairman, I'll go as quickly as I can. Uh, I'm a lifelong Missourian. I'm a business lawyer. I'm a Christian. I'm the son of a Methodist minister. I'm a husband. I'm the father of four kids, two boys, two girls, including a wonderful and beautiful transgender uh, daughter who uh, today happens to be her birthday. And uh, I chose to be here. She doesn't know that. She thinks I'm at work. One thing I often hear when transgender issues are discussed is I don't get it. I don't understand. And I would expect some of you to have said that and feel the same way. I didn't get it either. Uh, for years, I didn't get it. For years, um, I would not let my daughter wear girl clothes. I did not let her play with girl toys. I forced my daughter to wear boy clothes and uh, get short haircuts, play on boys sports teams. Why did I do this? To protect my child. I did not want my daughter or her siblings to get teased. And truth be told, I did it to protect myself as well. I wanted to avoid those inevitable questions uh, as to why my child did not look and act like a boy. My child was miserable. I cannot overstate that. She was absolutely miserable, especially at school. No confidence, no friends, no laughter. I, I, I honestly say this, I had a child who did not smile. We did that for years. We did that against the advice of teachers, therapists, and other experts. I remember the day everything changed for me. I'd gotten home from work and my daughter and her brother were in the front lawn. And uh, she had, my daughter had sneaked on one of her um, older sister's play dresses. And they wanted to go across the street and play with the neighbor's kids. It was time for dinner. I said, come in. Uh, she asked, can she go across the street? I said, no. She, she asked me if she, if she went inside and put on boy clothes, could she then go across the street and play? And it, it, it's then that it hit me that my daughter was equating being good with being someone else. I was teaching her to deny who she is. As a parent, the one thing we cannot do, the one thing is silence our child's spirit. And so on that day, my wife and I stopped silencing our child's spirit. The moment we allowed my daughter to be who she is, to grow her hair, to wear the clothes she wanted to wear, she was a different child. And I mean, it was immediate. It was a total transformation. I now have a confident, a smiling, a happy daughter. She plays on a girls volleyball team. She has friendships. She's a kid. I came here today as a parent to share my story. I need you to understand that this language, if it becomes law, will have real effects on real people. It will affect my daughter. It will mean she cannot play on the girls' volleyball team or dance squad or tennis team. I ask you, please don't take that away from my daughter or the countless others like her who are out there. Let them have their childhoods. Let them be who they are. I ask you, to vote against this legislation. At the end there, when he starts to tear up, it's hard. It's hard to, to watch. Yeah. That was really, really powerful. And that's what they needed to hear. Yeah. I really hope that they did, you know, listen to that because that is, I mean, just that line at the end, let them have their childhoods. Right. It's just like, 
a punch in the gut. Like, yes. Yeah. What a great dad. Yeah. What a great dad. Very much so. And I think Missouri, I think Indiana, I think Southern state uh, or very Republican state where a lot of people agree with what is told to them is a, an issue, you know, because I, I think that I think that a lot of these bits of legislation, these culture war things, they're, they're not that popular. I, look at Indiana. Um, it was six years ago when the Indianapolis Star uh, took a poll on LGBT equality and the Indianapolis Star statewide poll found that 70 percent of Hoosiers believed LGBTQ people should be equal in society, should have equality. And yet year after year, even that year, we have all these battles that we have to fight again and again and again. And it's pushed out by think tanks and uh, talking heads and Tucker Carlson. <laughs> uh, I'll rail on him right now for, for a bit. But they're trying to create a controversy where there is increasingly less and less for the American people. And, you know, we still, we just got to keep the pressure up and not give in because your neighbors, chances are actually don't really care. They don't care about all this divisive stuff. They might not even know about it. You know, I, I talked to a lot of people who just didn't know the legislation that was coming through their own state and they're Republican. So they're the target audience for these, uh, these folks. Uh, I don't know. That just gave me a little bit of hope. I wish yeah. a lot more parents were that aware. It's so nice just to hear. <laughs> I know this is like kind of pathetic, but it's just nice to hear a cis person advocating for us for once, you know, like, I mean, or like a cis straight person that like doesn't, you know, come from the community, doesn't under, like has no, you know, only knows, you know, his daughter and just believes on the most basic level that she should have every right to a happy childhood. And is like impassionately giving the speech. It just means a lot. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he evolved. He changed. He, right. He and acknowledging he, that growth too. And acknowledging that he, what didn't always think this way. And, you know, that there was a societal impact that he had to overcome, like had to unlearn things in order to get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, that's a great lesson. Yeah. It's wonder, it really had an impact on me. I just wish that in my day that there were more fathers like that. I don't know that there were any. Yeah. And, so right? I mean, you see the work we have done, the fight, the fighting, everything has made a difference. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's changed people for the better. It's just, just going. We're not done yet, you know, and, that's okay, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, okay, I guess, you know, it's just something I have to accept. But um, change does come. And so for me, that was just really, really powerful. And one of the things I struggle with is giving people space and the grace to change. Um, because I... <laughs> because we really just want to <laughs> curse just curse and say, come on already. Really? Really? I mean, there yeah. were parents in 71 carrying around signs saying, we love our gay son, you know, or we love our, our lesbian daughter. And not a whole lot of them, but um, this isn't something new. But at the same time, for a lot of people, they probably just didn't think that they would have to deal with it. And they do. And they are. And that's that's beautiful. 
I guess before we go, we could talk about some entertainment news. Yes. Um, Halsey uh, has come out and now uses she and they pronouns. Um, and I just thought that was really cool because they were talking about how they had sort of gone on their gender journey. Interestingly enough, through their pregnancy, mm-hmm. they like sort of experienced it in a way that sort of made them like, oh, I don't know, just um, expand their mind about their own gender and things like that. So I, I don't know. It's just a really interesting little story there. Um, yeah. They said that they hadn't, uh, they weren't ready to really explore that. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. And that the pre- pregnancy of all things uh, being a traditionally cis female sort of experience for, for a lot of folks would be something that caused them to, to really look at a gender and what that meant. And I, I actually, I know several, a couple here in town, uh, trans folk who decided to uh, give birth before they, they underwent any sort of medical uh, procedures and they weren't able to anymore. They had the, they had the ability to, so they took advantage of it. And now that they've had their children, uh, they are pursuing, you know, whatever degree of, of masculinization that they are looking for so because it it varies with everybody but yeah that that's becoming a lot more common so i just think that's really interesting how that affects uh thought processes too yeah well i mean it is such a major like life change and you know like such a i don't know i could see how people would sort of get in touch with like themselves and the universe and all that hippy dippy stuff (laughs) but um I don't know. It was cool. Happy for them. Totally. Um, and then in other entertainment news, uh, Elliot Page is back again, uh, being the first trans man ever to appear on the cover of Time magazine, awesome. which is just amazing. And it was accompanied with a really great article about um, his journey and, um, you know, uh, you know, like the backstory of like, what all was going on in his whole acting career since he was what, 10 years old, mm-hmm. like all the gender stuff that was going on in the background that um, he'd never had the opportunity to talk, to talk about before. So I just thought it was a really great article and a really beautiful picture of him. And <laughs> um, marvelous. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I'm so very, good for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm very very happy for him. And this is, this is a wonderful thing for the whole community too. The yeah. Cover of time, yeah. Know. The cover of time. I mean, that article, so many people are going to read that. And so many people who wouldn't normally stumble across an article about, you know, someone who's just, you know, talking about their own personal journey that might make, might change minds, might make people, you know, you know, uh, like other personal stories like that, that father and um, that we just heard from that, mm-hmm those are the stories that make people change their minds. You know, it's not all this, all the the facts or the science that's not going to do anything. It's personal stories that really make people think. It's, it's true. And I I know time doesn't have the importance it used to in the pre-internet world, but time when it had a cover and it's always had covers that have sort of really changed society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, 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 really start highlighting the hippies back in the sixties when people were really afraid of them. You know, it sort of uncovers um, the people that I, I guess 
normative society is afraid of, you know? <laughs> and for a fairly conservative magazine, that's sort of interesting. But yeah, I mean, I remember it was one of the first magazines that had Ellen out as gay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, it seems oh, yeah, in that famous pose, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Like, yep, I'm gay. Yeah, so you know. I, I didn't know how much, you know, time meant to your generation because it's just not the thing that it used to be because no print media is, you know. But um, it was sort of a, a, a Bible for change, I think. If you yeah. made the cover of Time magazine, it, it meant you were newsworthy. Well, that's why Trump, photoshopped himself onto that that's right he has a fake <laughs> picture of himself on the cover of time that never existed oh brother <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so nice to just laugh about him in the past tense um anyway shake it off <laughs> shake that whole presidency off Whew. that was great let's that's... talk about the pope really quick and yeah let's do that can... Uh, I don't think it deserves all that much uh, analysis, but it's news and and we know enough about, you know, what's been going on. It, y- you've probably heard that this Pope is not the same as other Popes, right? He's been... all, really. I mean, he's sort of been amazing. Yeah. Pope Francis has been really positive towards LGB people. He's met with several LGB Catholic groups and spoken to individuals and, you know, has said that, hey, they're not terrible people. You probably don't need to stone them. Um, <laughs> it was a little more flowery than that, but... Hey, thanks. <laughs> Yay! Uh, nerf stones. Nerf stones. But this week, Pope Francis is... And I don't know if it's an external thing or it's an internal thing to the church or if it's if it's just part and parcel to where he's always stood. But he said that the church was not allowed to offer blessings to same sex unions at all because it's a sin and, and God does not bless, bless sin. That brings up a few questions about, OK, what about somebody who is divorced and remarried? You know, there are prescriptions in the same text about people who are considered to have committed adultery. And how that's bad. I mean, ask Henry VIII's wives how that turned out for them. He had to create a whole new church in order to get away from that. (laughs) One thing, though, about this article that I find a little confusing is the headline says that the Pope said this. And then if you read the article, it says the church says this. Same thing, right? So that he said it or not. Did he? It it was he gave his assent to, to the... To the official explanation. That was the the thing. I just think that there's a difference between the church and the Pope as well as the crown and the queen, you know, as to who they are personally. I will defer to you on that because I am not <laughs> Catholic and I I did not You're I not Catholic monarch is like me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, people. Um, so <laughs> Learn anyway, us. Sorry, go ahead. I <laughs> no, 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 no. You're you have more to say on that, and, and you're right. It wasn't article directly from I his mouth. Answer. Um, so I, I'm not surprised at all coming from the church. Um, I, I think that this pope has been exceptional. I mean, I really, once again, it's one of those things that I never thought I would live to see the day. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's 
Oh boy. I mean, I could go on forever about this. I don't know that I want to, but he's part of a very archaic craft, isn't he? (laughs) I just, it's got to be really difficult for him. And I'm not in any way coming to his defense because I don't know that he said this or not. Um, He did, I guess, went along with it. But the thing is, is. uh, He gave his blessing, ironically. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. He's just been so supportive and everything, and he's offered blessings to same-sex unions. That I don't know. I think it's just something between the Pope and the Church, where they're sort of agreeing to disagree. Well, I don't know and- how much you expect from one person. You know, um, it's sort of the same as when you know Diana died, and everybody was attacking the Queen for not flying the flags at half mast. They never flew the flags at half mast for anyone. Right. You know what I mean? It was just, it, it wasn't really something that was directed at Diana. But anyway. Well, and, the ch- and change comes slowly to the Catholic Church. It, oh, it's Right. That's why I said it was archaic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do change, right? So views might not do be they? accepting, I- but they're they will marry you if you know, to your, your second uh, spouse or whatever. It's not a. Having gone to Catholic school, which I did not really have a terrible time. I enjoyed it, but I felt like I was around my people. I felt like everybody from the priests to the nuns were gay and it is <laughs> queer organization, self-hating organization. And that's how I have always viewed it as since I was in second grade. Yeah. That, and having, you know, heard since all these sex scandal things have, have broken the church open a lot more about uh, and, and about speaking about sexuality and knowing that, you know, a lot of a lot of gay folk were drawn to that uh, to service, not not to molestation, but but were drawn right. into the church and, and they to the church. Yes. Yeah. I felt quite at home there, to tell you the truth. And I love the spectacle. <laughs> I know it. This was one of my favorite times. I it's it. uh, watching the Pope uh, promenade anywhere in, in the, the finest of robes. Oh, it's yes. RuPaul's Drag Race of, you yes. know, 1642 <laughs> or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's always been. A... Category is Venetian Vogue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I would love to have film you know overdubbed with uh rupaul's drag race for, for <laughs> watching the popes come out and all their fun yeah <laughs> them just like <laughs> like making puns about the looks and <laughs> right anyway and who's you know who's the pope wearing that's uh versace and <laughs> look at that empire waist Ooh, those slippers you know <laughs> i, I want to see any effing h&m <laughs> <laughs> I threw up a little. <laughs> Can you imagine the Pope wearing a robe that's like got an H&M tag sticking right. on the back of it? The Pope is wearing Ralph Lauren. It's a, it's a polo. Is this like blasphemy or something? I don't know. I, well, not for me. I'm not. I'm not yeah, that's true. That. True. Although none of us would have fared well during the Spanish Inquisition. So, but yeah. see, uh-huh. they don't do that anymore. So they do evolve. Um, <laughs> Some things have been stopped. They, or <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but no, it, I, I'm happy to see that um, 
with Francis, there's been more acceptance. Uh, but obviously, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Let me just tell you, none of this surprises me. Um, right. What surprises me more is his acceptance and his saying, you know, making LGBTQ people human. I mean, yeah. He really well, thank, thank him for that, you know, acknowledging that and saying that they deserve families. And I was going to say, I think God did that, actually. But, you know, it was nice of him to recognize it. <laughs> 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 oh melody you'll, yes you're correct i did um no but he 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 did he has um he's been more open than any of the others so maybe there's hope for for a future that is more uh equal and accepting and loving amen <laughs> thank you thank you i was waiting for it i couldn't say it myself that was perfect i uh, also like that i said amen i don't know what the is it is it amen is that oh okay okay amen is is not proper there's either a man or those men but like a that, that doesn't make any sense um, I think i've been to church service like maybe two times in my entire life so that explains a lot yeah <laughs> in the orthodox church we use a lot of incense and i know catholics have used incense uh i'm not sure if it actually is like a really foggy day in the church when they're done with the sensor gun back and forth with the um as it is in the orthodox church and Woe to you if you ate breakfast before you got there. Um, but but talking about this has brought in those those sounds and smells, and I think I'm gonna have to go burn some frankincense and myrrh when we get off here. So well, you know, in Buddhist temples in Japan, where my parents lived for 20 years, and I would always go. I would I like incense, but it would be like so intense. Like I need to get out of here, and basically right. my eyes are watering. Yeah. Oh yeah. When we when I went to church camp, it was <laughs> it was strong. There were people that passed out. Oh my God. God, I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we are out of time. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Cade Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer for Blooming Out and WFHB. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Melanie Davis, and remember, if everything were straight, human anatomy would look like a Mondrian painting. I'm not sure <laughs> if I said that right. Mondrian. <laughs> Be well, stay safe, and good night from your Blooming Out family. Good night.